up, everybody? We're back at the Woo! par bar. Woo! And let me make sure I mute these other cameras because I know they're live and oh, we're going to get that shit. feedback. Oh, yeah. man. Look who's in the house tonight. Ay, ay, but ay, you're ay, on ay, Island ay, City. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing my mouth exercises. Oh. <laughs> Son of a. God. Once again, you're on Island City where what the beach meets, meets the, the streets. streets. I'm your host, Mr. Rich D. Joining me as always, Mr. Vince T. Yo, what is up, and everybody? The doctor himself, Dr. Twisted. What's up? And we're back at the bar. It's been a while. Ooh, the bar's open again. Oh, bitch. shit. I don't think Par I've been here. No, open no mask, no shit in here. Man. I don't, I don't think like I've been here in like... Florida right now, dog. Oh, we are. Arizona. <laughs> Might as well be. Bro, I tell you, my, my trip to Arizona, right? I tell you when I walked in the grocery store and I had my mask on, everybody looking at me like I was at a robber place. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one with a mask on. The cashier's like, you're not from around here, are you? Nope, I'm from California. Yeah, yeah you kind of guessed it. Why you uh, the mask? Uh, yeah. You must be here from San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tough shit. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, so we have back today the infamous, the legendary Uncle Mario Sackman Borja. Yes. Back in the par bar yes. today. Well, back at the par bar. First of all, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday on that Mario. note. Gonna take this shot. Yes, yeah, deserves a, shot. a birthday yeah. shot. Hey, cheers to Papa Wager. Celebrate birthdays. Yeah, fifty-two. Uh, 50 Fifty-one. One today. Your, and your twin brother is fifty-two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My math is all. Uncle Mario said uh, he's fifty-one because it's an, uh, an odd year. It's an mm-hmm. odd year. I was born an odd year, and today's this year's odd year, so I have to be an odd age. Two odds make an odd. An odd? Or what? Two odd numbers make an odd number. Oh, yeah, yeah. One that, plus that's one equals one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Righty then. That's the Southeast school system. <laughs> <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is how the cell was built. And, and, this, and this is why Rich moves to Northern California. Yeah. And why my boat goes nowhere. <laughs> and that's why I'm not jumping out of this plane because I, <laughs> I thought my students. I know it shit ain't flying. Um, man, it, it has been a long time. I think it's been... Uh, a Over year a year, a oh, year and a half since the last uh, COVID. It's a year and a half. Come on, yeah, yeah. So maybe two years. closer to two, closer to <laughs> yeah, two, maybe yeah. even a little bit more than that. Yeah. yeah, right. I think the last time you were on, we were talking um, work on the 500 cells. Right. Yeah. yeah, you were gonna go back, and I think that all got turned upside down because of uh, COVID. COVID too, right? right. Yeah. No, I did come back. It was two years ago. I was ba- I was back in 2019. No, but you came back, and you're supposed to head back again yeah. for the actual selling yeah. part of it. Right. That's right. But, but that got postponed, right? Postponed. Due to COVID, yeah. Postponed. But it's still, is that still happening as far as uh, the 500 cells? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's part of our our highlights of our presence in the scene of mine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we've got to invade those islands. That's right. <laughs> we've got to invade them. Whoa, colonizer. Whoa, colonizer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, when is that? What, okay, so before we go into the. Um, the real topic, but I, I'm curious, when is that all pushed back to? So where are we at now? Well, uh, I'm supposed to have surgery yesterday, heart surgery, oh. but I I asked to postpone that because I, mentally I'm not ready. So uh, they gave me a date of 4 August, okay. and that surgery is going to uh, cut into my activities for four weeks. So September... Oh, September 15th, I can start looking for air travel to Saipan. So September, October, November, December, the weather being pretty much the same in the islands. Right. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have time to put the sackman together and um, get ready, get a crew ready, and then go up to Pagan. Then come back and we'll be... Um, Followed by many other canoes because 500 Sales has a uh, collection of canoes already. Mm. You know, I think six they have now. Okay. And a little short of 500. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> very short of 500. But you know what? Uh, I think the um, their math is good too. <laughs> yeah, odd odd. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's it's slow slow on the start. But when uh, things um, get caught on by the kids, mm. it's the kids, uh, you know, we're, we're banking on the kids to uh, want those canoes. 
and like the Marshall Islands, you know, they're man, they're going gangbusters over there. Kids are making them from from the start. Nice. In, high, in grade school, they're doing that and they're having their own um, competition. And then when they get to um, high school, they get the opportunity to build the bigger ones. And then guess what? That's just part of their life. And canoes are part of their culture. So we, if we get the kids uh, focused on the canoe as part of their identity, I think it's gonna spread like wildfire. Yeah. You know how it works? Here's how 500 cells work. We're gonna build you a canoe for free. We'll give you the the scar the carcass of a canoe. That means you you uh, you provide for yourself the sail and and anything else that goes in the canoe. But we'll provide you the outrigger and we'll provide you the main hull and the appendages that connect the two. And then it's up to you to to color it, to uh, you know personalize it. Okay. And that's what we want to do with the kids, and it's free. The thing is, it's free. So they don't Some have to people, do any. They, but they don't have to do any of the carving or anything. It's no, right. that's the catch. They yeah. have to be there. They have to ah. own the project. Okay. So uh, show commitment. Right. So if you do show commitment and you uh, put in the time and the effort and your own resources, guess what? You're, you're going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. It's in your investment, not necessarily in in big bucks, but in big time. Yeah, and, pride in it. Yeah, and, and then, uh, you know, back in, 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 in Guam, kids would build, build up their bikes mm-hmm. and they personalize it. And everybody knows if they see that bike at the store because that's that's Mark's. Oh, no, 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 that's Mario's right. because by the color. But these canoes are going to be the same. Uh, people would know who who's on shore, who's in the, in the bar, who's uh, checking out the girls because... They know the color of the canoe. So it's going to be a, a personal identity. We hope that kids uh, latch on to that and, and uh, you know, a, a, a reliving of the ways of old in the modern times. And I think it's going to happen. And when that happens, I tell you what, there'll be uh, people asking, coming out to Saipan to, to participate in the, in the building of their canoe. And taking it to Guam, taking it to San Diego. So is this? So is that particular project only within Micronesia? Yes, oh, only wow. well, only in the Sinai right now. Wow, okay. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I we may change. It may the, the grants may allow uh, the building of the same canoe here in San Diego. We started that. That was our our right. angle that we we were to build the canoes here as well and in Guam and in Saipan. But then, if you have three places you're building it, you can add up five, six, you know, up to 500 right. eventually. But uh, the grant stipulates that we cannot build outside the CNMI. That's but, cool. I mean, that's, I, I, I can see where, what you're saying about like uh, that project uh, growing to the other uh, Polynesia, maybe uh, Melanesia. I'm not sure like what the Melanesian um, Archipelago and yeah as far as like uh, when you're talking about um, their selling is it still you know prominent in that area yeah there, there is as long as there's there's water around your landmass, they'll be still right. sailing uh, a lot of the places of course uh, uh, put uh, a lot of emphasis on uh, motorcrafts right that's, and that's what I'm getting to like are there still like indigenous Practices in in Melanesia. The the more affluent people would go with a motorcraft, you know. Yeah. But those people who are not as uh, would stay on with the with the wooden crafts. And mm-hmm. but you know what we're also doing. Uh, you would think that the Micronesians uh, would be um, would be into strictly building canoes out of out of wood. But there's a scarce, scarcity of resources, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, trees take 20, 30 years to get to the size. Okay. And you, you can't say, son, you're 10 years old. But when you're 40, see that tree? It's <laughs> going to be your canoe. 
Yeah, Dad. Okay. You know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. So uh, there's a slow reckoning of a big change using fiberglass. Mm-hmm. In fact, 500 Cells is um, working with the Carolinian community. First, it has to be bought by the community. That if we can build a replica of your traditional canoes, design and all, out of fiberglass, can it can it find its way into the uh, the hands of more kids? I think the the answer is yeah. Because you don't have to wait for trees. You don't have to have the uh, uh, the materials that you depended on to do the traditional canoes. Now the kids can jump in there. They can practice the ways of old and the navigation of old. You don't have to have uh, a wooden boat to do that. Mm-hmm. So you're keeping this alive while the masters are still alive. If you lose the masters, guess what? You've lost an opportunity. Right. Things start decaying and dying and lost. And that brings us right into our subject at hand. Let's go. But before we get there, hey, you're at the Par Bar on Island City, where the beach beach meets the (laughs) streets. I see. Beach meets the streets. Yeah. It's a... It's a slogan. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. We, yeah. We, we flipped it a little bit. Yeah. Personal. And the, the slogan came after how many of these? <laughs> it wasn't actually, a slogan. Actually, yeah. that was a sober guy who made that. <laughs> yeah. The name's uh, Eamon Green. Eamon? Eamon? Mate. Call him DJ Green. Um, he's a big shout out to him because he's helped us with the audio. He said we had an issue and uh, had to fix that. So, but... Back to the subject at hand. Um, we are talking about uh, Twisted. Relate this into this one. Yes, it's the uh, sacred responsibility mm-hmm. of passing on the knowledge of the arts and the culture. Yeah. And who does that? Whose shoulders does that sacred responsibility fall on? And why? Very good subject. And it's very uh, applicable now right because this kid is not actually 51 he's actually 72 72 and um, I can add up the numbers quickly 82 is just 10 years away is that right let's see do the math again it's an odd year uh, right? yeah no yeah I'm just saying <laughs> well then you, you gotta count in the leap year yeah it takes you back two days okay yeah you're about right full moon yeah that's right <laughs> So I'm, uh, I'm going, and it's a racist calendar. <laughs> and we don't go with that stupid calendar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you know, age tends to push things um, ahead or behind. And in this case, we need to uh, start to push it ahead so that uh, at least our bucket list and things like that ahead because you never know when the inevitable. Oh, yeah. So we have sure. to plan as though it's. It's that we have the control. In 10 years, yeah, you know, I can do this. So all these things that we're talking about, about who owns that, the uh, who has the, the responsibility of passing on the, the knowledge um, of culture and language. I believe that anyone who possesses that that knowledge of culture and language uh, has every right, no, a sacred duty to pass it on. You know, a long time ago, there was um, this idea of keepers of the secrets. Right. And it sounds, you know, it sounds uh, like uh, something in the Twilight Zone, you know? Sounds like a a Masonic uh, lodge being the keeper of the secrets, right? Keepers of the secrets. Well, yeah, it's almost like a the it sounds pyramids. mysterious, yeah. almost like a, but almost like you're honored with with that knowledge. And yeah. So you're, and maybe that's maybe that was old practices, right? But I you're don't not know if honored you're not, is the word. But well, what I'm saying is, no, if you, I, I think if we think about some of the, the old practices, right, True. and maybe some of the times where the islands are being colonized, et cetera, et cetera, right, and all that's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're passing them on, like, hey. You know, your family's going to be the keeper of this, these secrets. This dies, 
this, this stays with you and it passes on through our next generation. Yeah. You make sure this is held on to. And I understand it. Yes. To a certain, certain to a certain point, right? Like you have to trust people that they aren't going to share the secrets with anybody else but the, the people of the island or the people, the, the indigenous, indigenous people of the tribe, mm. whatever the case is. And, right? you, and you keep the secret to the truth. Right. That you don't sway from practices of old, that you don't in, indoctrinate your own, you know, weasel things in there. Right. You yeah. Know, like martial arts, you know, maybe that was some of the things. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was a big thing, right? Like that yeah. was Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. You know, right. I only got trained in there. Um, but I don't think we're in that era. We're definitely not, not in that anymore. era anymore. Yeah, and and I think I understand what, what you're kind of getting to, Uncle Mario, is is there's a there was that keeper of the secrets, and that just got taken way too far to a point where you started losing things. Yeah, you know, if you reflect back and to the island of Palau, for example, there there they practice that still the keeper of the secrets, but it's a um, a clan that is designated the keeper of the secret. For example, building the bai. The men's home, a uh, men's house, uh, that has um, has been uh, regulated to a certain clan, and that clan makes sure that the uh, the ways of old is kept. The ways of old that there's no introduction of of uh, new technology, you know, to to disturb uh, the ways of old that. What they, our ancestors, their ancestors did a hundred years ago, Still it's done today as well. Yeah. So there's virtue in that, but when you start keeping that and not sharing it, because you are the owner, you now you have gates put up and you have the padlock, and that no one goes into that house unless you deem so. It allows you to be selective. Yeah, and and then. It's not your own. It's we gave you that responsibility to keep it for us, not keep everything from us. Keep right. it for us, mm. not from us. So, uh, and they they practice that. They're not keeping it for themselves. They're keeping it. It's like a safe box for everybody. Mm. So, but in um, in the other islands and in Guam, sometimes we find that the keepers of the secrets are keepers for themselves mm-hmm. and that's not right you know and um, I've been trying to get um, the keepers to open that box and share that and sometimes uh, in the subject of canoes for example um, you're gonna have to just gain that knowledge gain those secrets by building the canoe and sailing it and putting yourself in harm's way. Let me ask a, let me ask a question. Um, because when they're doing some of the uh, findings for um, selling again, now that information was given from um, who exactly? The sailing? Yeah, for the um, for sailing and things like that, for the Hokulea. That information oh. was all given from, from someone yeah, in Yeah, Malpia Look. When right. the Malpia Look was a Micronesian, he wanted to share with a with the Polynesians secrets that they have kept the Micronesians have kept on navigation mm. and he wanted to show them uh, the way to rediscover their own navigation right and he felt that uh, Malpia Luk felt that if his own people do not take that interest in the ways of old wayfinding using stars and birds and sun and whatever to um, provide you direction in the darkest of nights in in the vast of the ocean that it would die if he died right you know there there are only so many navigators who are trained and if they kept that uh navigation knowledge to themselves and not pass it on or if no one is interested in picking up and being student of it, then eventually, you know, function of years, you'll die. Well, that's the other so, side of it, though, too, right? Is the, the interest of other people to, to gain that knowledge. Yeah. Sometimes you get, you need to get out of your circle to, uh, you know, he, Mao 
Mauza, Papa Mauza goal was to keep that navigation, the wayfinding alive for the next generation. Sometimes you have to go outside the circle of your own community to uh, get back in to the next generation. So that's what he did. He went to the to the Polynesians, the Hawaiians, and shared with them the secrets of, of navigation. And guess what? It perked up their interest. Now, the Micronesians says, hey, what, what's going on over there in Hawaii? And it's perked up their interest as well. And then it also perked up their um, realization that it's their responsibility to, um, to indeed pass it on and not keep it. So I guess that was going to be kind of the leading question. Um, at what point do you believe, at least on that, keeping up, keeping up the secrets? Uh, and I'm, I'm going to jump back into the, the Guam and, and situation as well. But when does the keeper of the secret or the one of tradition say, you know what? There's no interest in my own circle. I'm going to pass this to somebody outside my circle who I know is interested who does want this information right take it the right way the right direction yeah. at what point is that is that that person's responsibility and then what happens if he passes it to someone outside of that culture that you or the people the guests of the island might feel doesn't deserve it right like let's say let's say he would have passed it on to a white guy you know and that white guy was like man I love it I'm taking it all in all, I'm bringing it all here and I'm, I'm going to keep my secret just how you asked me to. Mm-hmm. Everything you asked me to do, I'm staying within that circle. I'm, I'm going to keep it traditional, not passing it to anybody else. You well, feel this was an example that I brought to you the other day when we were talking, when we were talking about the Carver. From oh, the yeah. Mm-hmm. What was his name? can't remember. The one who won the award and, and some of the Carvers, the younger Carvers, were upset. Yeah, were upset about it because oh, yeah. he wasn't a mouse, right? Yeah. 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 And, I, and I, I brought that up to Uncle Mario and I was asking him about that, you know, and he said, like you say, what, sometimes you have to go outside of your yeah. culture to keep it alive. Man. In order to keep it. Th- that's very in. true. And, and yeah. so what, 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 at what point do you find that person's responsibility is bigger than maybe the immediate community he's dealing with? Or she's dealing with, or the person's dealing with. You know, there are a lot of examples here. Um, our late John Farron, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he has a son and he has a daughter. Who took the interest of doing what he has been doing? Usually, it passes on from father to son, but now the only person who's interested in it is a daughter. And she embraced it. So I don't think it has anything to do with gender, really. It's, you know, if spirits have a gender, do we know that? No. I, I don't think spirits... Um, Non-binary. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to me, it's stupid. spirits are, are genderless, you know, they... Uh, well, we give them a, a male name or female name... But I don't think they have the gender parts. Just call them pet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pet. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> pet. <laughs> you ask when. That is really a function of the keeper. Because if the keeper gets to a situation where his age is a, is a concern or his health is a concern, uh, he'll accelerate the timelines mm. to, to share. Yeah. Uh, when you're feeling that you're invincible and there's no harm that can come your way and you have all the time in the world, then you're not rushed. And the keeper of the secret mentality can be devastating, mm. can hurt because we don't know neither the hour nor the day, right? right. That's set in the Bible. So uh, it uh, it becomes the responsibility of the keeper, and sometimes you know the keeper themselves don't know when that time is. Yeah. And uh, some we we know, like my in my family, um, my father was calling me up and he goes, "When are you coming to Guam?" I was in North Dakota, and I said. What do you need me in Guam for? And he goes, 
I want to pass this thing on to you. Yeah. Okay. Big responsibility. Said I can be there in May. Uh, all right. I'll be in May. Sometime in May, I'll be there. I'm gonna make my way. Well, he died before I got there. Mm. See, so this is an example because we, no one knows the time, but sometimes um, taking the action to to pass it on is too late because there's a time to 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 uh, to teach and a time to ingest and a time to regurgitate that information. And if you don't give them the, the student time to do all that, and especially regurgitate it, to kick it back to see if you understand it, uh, maybe there's no learning. Yeah. So I got I've got a question. So we're talking about that that sacred sacred responsibility. Yeah. Of passing the knowledge. Do you think that when it comes to the youth, that they have a sacred responsibility themselves? To seek out that knowledge rather than wait for it to just come to them. Do you think that there will be an epiphany in their lives that they will realize that it's their responsibility to learn a certain secret? Right. Um, it, they have to have an event that triggers that epiphany. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't come natural, you know. Um, you have to show that there's a need. I think it's the responsibility of the elders to create that need because they're the ones in control. The kids, they, they're supermen. They're a supergirl. They don't have to, the worries, you know. Right. Dead? Me? I'm only eight, you know. I'm only 12. I'm 16. I've got all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. But you as the adult know better. And if you're the keeper of the secret, you better take um, steps to um, start sharing that. Because if, if, if you die, it dies with you. Yeah. And what good was it? It was all those secrets when it's six feet under. What good? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not for keepers of, of keeping secrets. In fact, I'm sharing secrets, you know, on the biggest that hotel. You tell me a secret about canoe building? Shoot, it's, it's out there in Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and, and I yeah, can tell you, you I, sh- I still don't know where that nose goes once they grab it. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, can I can I chime in on, on Mark's uh, question here? I think uh, when you're speaking on the youth, um, bro, I mean, I, I I don't know if they they value the responsibility. I think it's more so uh, a level of maturity, uh, not depending on age. Um, some some kids may go through tougher life experiences at a younger yeah. at a younger age some some may go through it in their adult life um, and going back to the point where Mario said you know secrets aren't good when you're dead right um, so man I, I think it's a, I honestly think it just comes in words I don't think it, I don't think it's you should put that responsibility on the youth but also kind of just keep an eye out man like because some kids will embrace you, and you'll see it. I think some some youth will embrace the culture and, and and everything that you want to pass on, and I think you'll naturally gravitate to that. I don't think it's like you need to do this. Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I knew the answer. I just I, I threw it out there as a question because I wanted to sure. hear what Uncle Mario's opinion on that was. It was just a thought, you know. But I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if if you want to know something. You gotta have that passion to want to learn. Well, right. let me let me follow that up too. With um, it's also a lot of like those side learning things that you're kind of teaching your kids where they're not realizing that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, yeah, back no, I, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And have to create that one, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to give them some kind of an exposure to it. Yeah, you know, in order to spark that interest mm-hmm. to make them go, you know what? Yeah, and 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 I get what you're saying. Without that exposure, without that influence from from the elders or the parents, right? To tell the kids or or to to uh, to present that in front of them, they're never gonna have it, right? They're yeah. never gonna have that want or that desire to to seek out that knowledge, yeah. right? Um. So let's okay. Once again, on Island City, where the beach meets the street. Nah, nah, fuck that, Mark. 
enfermo eres. You're listening to the par bar on, on Island City, where the biatch meets the strats. Biatch. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back. <laughs> That's our slogan. How That's many shots? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so back on to Guam, and you, we kind of dipped into um, Keeper of the Secrets there. Yeah. As far as um, you know, maybe blacksmithing. I noticed that was something that came up maybe five years ago, maybe eight and seven now. Mm-hmm. Never seen it before. Didn't even notice the thing. <clears throat> you know, blacksmithing on, on Guam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen, like, it's been getting better where there's more information sharing. Mm-hmm. But we also lost a lot of masters in that in that time frame. Yeah, sure. Um, in the last, what, 12 years. A lot of, uh, you'll see them, you know, master of weaving, carving, tattooing. Yeah. And, and, Etc. Et um, what have you What have you noticed within the last, let's say, since Festpack? Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a big change in that delivery of information? Has it been shared a little bit more uh, freely, or have you still noticed that there's still being things people that you know within the circle of your community? Because you're you're a master of painting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I talk to you. Come here. I need Mark? to. Woo! Woo! That's how you do it. I thought you were. He was waiting for that oh, shit. Yes. Snap. Ah, oh, you dick. Yeah. Um, oh, man. But I feel like right after the mess, I feel like there's a, there's, a, there's a circle of those in the community. Yeah. They have their own little circle that they kind of run around in. Oh, the circle jerk. And they. <laughs> Oh my God! Damn it. Come on, Rich. Use the right verbiage here. Um, I'm all hot, and flustered. He's sweating. Fucking, fucking tables all circular too. And awkward. Mark's getting closer to me. Hey, Everybody put their hands as long as you in the Don't jump up in the middle. Me. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Not skiing today. Um, so what? Do you- I understand your question. Uh, the. Um, you know, since Festpack, what I have noticed is that um, the walls are tighter, the doors are closing, uh, and the windows are shuttered. Uh, wow. Given the many houses uh, that call it houses of, of canoe building, um, people want to uh, maintain their their secrets they, they, they do want to maintain control um, they they put canopies over their work area mm-hmm. they uh, put blockades so that no um, public can come in freely um, you know it's um can I ask what the purpose it's of a house is? it's the house that they want to protect there's more protectionism. There's no benefit. Yeah, with that, that, I guess though, that's right? the question. There's, there's What's no the benefit, benefit of that. To, to, is to, there any besides self uh, well, ego? I guess I'd say. No, I, I think there's a lot of factors that um, that create that environment. And from from Mario looking in to the to the groups on Guam, I see that. If there is limited resource and only so much to go around, you want to uh, to keep your best empanada. You want to keep the best empanada oh, and not sell it. You're Sounds referring like, to the grants and the money. Yes, yeah, exactly. There's just so much to, to go around, so it becomes very competitive. So if you don't share your their the the recipe of your empanada guess what you're gonna get the bad you're gonna get that deal so same thing with canoes Um, you know there are groups over there they have a certain way of doing it a certain way of doing it and they um, they take their time because they want to improve it they're gaining their uh, their their groups are growing so uh, their powers in their groups too the more people you have 
uh, working with you, learning your way of doing things, uh, it can advertise also that you're the uh, you're the main main person, main group. Mm-hmm. If the grant is to be, you know, divvied out, uh, you're gonna get your you know wow. healthy share. Right. So there is a competition environment. The, the mindset is competition. Uh, if I were to go up 100 nautical miles north to Saipan, 500 cells is there. You don't feel that competitiveness because they they work to get the grants and they're not uh, they're not shuttering their windows. They're not closing their doors. In fact, they're opening it up, right. you know, and, and putting signs out there. Come on in. They're inviting the public and uh, there's no fear that somebody's going to steal that recipe for the empanada. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, 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 they kind of welcome it, right? Yeah. yeah. In fact, they're, they're not keepers of the secret. They're sharing it, you know. Right. There's no, so that's because the resources are there. So limited resources tends to tighten up uh, each house. Uh, I saw that in, uh, in Guam, uh, even when, when we gathered as a group to, uh, to celebrate, there's still that um, invisible wall. Yeah. It, and you know, now, now I you, saw it. Yeah, now, now that you say that, um, I remember how they break up fast-packed funding. And I remember them saying, well, you know, the cultural dance and all that stuff will get this much funding. Um, you know, language and all that stuff, or uh, storytelling and this cultural yeah. arts will get this much funding. Tattooing will get this much funding. Yeah, that starts pulling at people. You know, they start pulling. Well, I need, the, I need, I need my musicians. You know, that shouldn't be in my category. That should go in arts and arts and crafts. Well, I mean, shit, it's all the same shit, right? We're all going the same place. Let's try to figure it out. Yeah. But I understand. Um, at the same time, I understand. I understand why that becomes an issue. Um, you know, the narrow is is the biggest driver yeah. of sure vision. Yeah. And that's that's the part that sucks about it now, right? Because when you're talking about sharing and and not holding on to the secrets, right? <clears throat> Even if those groups wanted to be the ones to to share, now when you throw the monetary thing into the equation, it changes mm-hmm. it changes the game. Yeah, and that's the part that sucks because earlier, you know, earlier we we're talking about colonial or colonization. Mm-hmm different types of colonization it doesn't necessarily have to be a country coming in it's other outside influences that can be considered colonization yeah so in this case here when you're talking about having secrets and holding on to them or sharing them the whole money thing is now a form of colonization yeah with not sharing that that knowledge sometimes the government itself promotes that mm-hmm. uh, for example Festback and they said well we're going to have 10 delegates in seafaring so guess what there are more than one group of seafarers over there so everyone is going to try to outdo the other so that they get the best um, mm-hmm. selection you know yeah. for the delegates the more of my people go the better I feel more powerful yeah. and that's almost natural, you know. That's look at your par bar. If there's another podcast down the street that's doing the same, oh yeah, those guys, yeah, yeah, yeah those guys, they're on the beer. <laughs> you know, there's to be a little competition, and they'll be you'll be shuttering your windows and doors and and keeping things in in house because uh, you, you want to maintain your edge, sure. and um, and that's almost natural. But the government, when he go, comes out and says, "Well, we only have so many seats," uh, then you the people in there. They're scrambling to to fill those seats, and sometimes they you have to put your best foot forward. And keeping the secret maintains that edge. Right, right. Mm. You can see that in the well, dance different. groups too. But that's that's different from like a little bit of friendly competition to get the you know the spot there versus keeping the secrets of of culture and practices. Yeah. So it's one thing like you just brought up the example of dance groups. Mm-hmm. So. It's one thing as a dance group when you come up with your performance. You obviously want to hide that from the outside eyes. Yeah, you, you never want them that edge. to see what yeah. it is that you're gonna come to the stage with. Yeah, come competition, right? 
because it does. It gives you that edge. Yeah. But if it was just a thing of, okay, well, we're a dance group and these people want to see what we're doing and learn. Yeah. Your door's going to be open. Your window's going to be open for them to come and watch and see what it is that you're doing. Yeah. And you're just like, hey, you want to watch? Yeah. You want to come and join? More than happy to have you. Right? So it is a big difference. Um, but that's the part that sucks is that, you know, that it's just that, that whole money thing. Yeah. Steals away the, the sharing of, of that of that knowledge of that information. Of you know, if I were in Guam and uh, amongst the other canoe groups, I might be uh, looking for survival of the fittest too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I may be I may be a player in the survival of the fittest game because of that scarcity of money. Right. Uh, and and then you want to um, you want to be the the one with the flashiest pair of pants and the nicest canoe and all that the best saudi yeah the best saudi <laughs> you know <laughs> who wears the tightest but um, coming in from the Uncle Mario you're not wearing a saudi coming in from the from the San Diego oh, man, baby. <laughs> coming from San Diego uh, we had limited time. resource but uh, I think that our goal is to uh, fit in with the rest. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I, I would. I would think that's everyone's goal. I think that's what. Right, the master never teaches all the secrets. Right? Why not though? Yeah, because he always wants to kick his students' ass yeah, because he needs to. <laughs> yeah, right. Edge. Um, oh, but there's the basics that should always be given to everybody. Yeah. Right. The reason why someone's empanada is the best is because, you know, they do something that no one else does. But yeah. the basics should be given. Yeah. yeah. There should be a platform where everyone's on the same page there. And that's the second part of the journey, right? Like, you kind of taking dedicating the- your your craft to whatever it is. Here are all the standards. To, to learn... To learn more and to craft. You should always be to, hon- to, you should always earn, be moving right? to hone your craft. Right. Basically. So you know, like look, Uncle Mario's done something that's no one no one in yeah. the history of our culture has ever done. They, he built one in California. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That alone is is a is a, def- a feat in itself. Right. And then you go to Guam and you, now you have all these other assets and, and tools and utilizations and Uncle Mario can give you the standards that are that, you know. You know, as much as we were seeking acceptance and trying to fit in um, I think the more we, effort we put in that the, the least we were successful really mm. yeah and is that is that it's an uh, unfortunate thing yeah um, it's unfortunate because um, out there when I when we were out there we wanted to uh, jump into the schools be in the classrooms and share uh, the Sackman story as often as we can but uh, we were given, yeah, but you have to have this and you have to have that. You have to get this. And too many yeah, too many yeah. things to jump over and, and qualify with. Too many requirements. Um, and, and it's, you know, sometimes uh, you don't have that lead time to get uh, your permits and whatever. Um, so it, it was, you know, sometimes we felt very discouraged. Sure. Well, we, yeah, we just said, hey, look, let's do what we can do with what, with what we have. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest with you, I, the, uh, there were certain government agencies that were not very friendly. Mm. You know, they gave us red tape upon red tape and challenges where if you're a local boy, I don't think uh, a local group, they never got those same things. We were just given that see and you would think it would be the other way around coming from the mainland that they would be kind of falling over themselves to do what they could do to help you you know but that that you would think you would think in fact um this person i revered a lot because he was um very knowledgeable he said as we gathered with other of his friends and and that little party that they were having he said, Mario, you know what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, Whoa. this sounds like it's going to be a fun conversation. Well, well, I've got uh, Andrew yeah. Tony. Well, uh, <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> he said that I was too... Can we use expletive? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. 
Hey. <laughs> there you go. I just want to clear it up for you. <laughs> okay. And so you're too fucking arrogant. Mm-hmm. And I chuckled inside because uh, I never thought that I was. I I felt humble all the time, and um, oftentimes um, I pressured because you have to lead when you're just because you build a canoe that doesn't mean you're a sailor. You know, building a canoe does not make you a sailor. It doesn't make Builder. you a navigator. But yeah. my God, people are like, oh, okay, now, now are you there? You gotta, you, can you now navigate? Well, no, just riding a canoe from one island to the other doesn't make you a navigator. Just because you look at your GPS, you know, yeah. you're not a navigator. Using Google Maps. So, yeah, or yeah. Google Maps, you're not. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, the pressure was on. But arrogance, I thought about it a minute and I said, well, don't misconstrue pride for arrogance. Because, yeah, I'm fucking proud of what we've done. We have done, with what little resources we had, we have done big. And I, I applaud my, my, my crew for being tenacious and persistent and being, you know, faithful, believed in me. Um... But, and I'm proud of that. But if you think that's arrogance, fuck yeah. You know, I'm, I'm arrogant then. Yeah. God dang it, I'm arrogant. Because we need to be. You know, we don't, we don't need people. We've, we've got a pro, okay? It is something that the English people have respected and admired. He said, these Indians are no ways defective in understanding. A nation. We shall, in each of these articles, find the canoe worthy of our admiration. An admiration of a nation. If they can bestow that much on us, we are worth something we didn't know. So if we say, okay, just make our butts a little bigger and stand taller, you know, and put our chest out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we did that. But, um, is that arrogance? No, no, no. Ar- that's not arrogance at all. To stand up and be proud of what you've done, and to speak up and, and share that story, and to be to be uh, uh, in front of the crowd, and to uh, stand up all the time. I have to stand up all the time because I'm five four, but mm-hmm. I have to stand up all the time and <laughs> and and be in front and and be be not loquacious, but be. Assertive. Mm. Is that arrogance? Nah. And I felt that. Well, imagine. Imagine if you imagine if you ever if you were to give a presentation on the sacrament that you built in California, and you spoke unintelligible about what you built. That uh, unintelligible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Like unintelligent. Right, mm-hmm. like maybe you like like yeah, misspoke like, or gave misinformation. Like we got right. discreet. Oh man, and, uh, they uh, they would fucking they, 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 you. Yeah. They, they'd get on. They jump ass. on your ass. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, they're upset because you did it out here in California. You brought it to First Guam, and, and then you talked some you, facts, then you, and then you said, "This is all the things that I find fascinating about this particular vessel." And you built it off of what was lost and found, and they're gonna find any yeah, right? little thing to get on your ass, right? And any little thing, and if. Exactly what you. I think exactly what you said. If, if that's arrogance, yeah. Well, I mean, fuck it. I'll I take think, it. I think you need a one. Go read read what arrogance means. <laughs> yeah. Because I haven't been arrogant. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't in that conversation. But um, you are arrogant, fucker, though. But go ahead. Me, I didn't. I didn't build the sackman. <laughs> hey, I threw him off a little. Hey. I was like, I build the fucking sackman. But uh, but I, I mean, can't that's, even hang a picture. I've, I've 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 been to a couple of your your presentations, right? And you speak to everything you know about it. Yeah. And you speak speak to your audience that is probably not privy to information on the sackman, right? And so you have to break down this whole history. So does it come across arrogant? And to me, no. I, I don't think so. To me, no. Maybe to a bunch of other scholars in his field, it might. I don't know. I don't know what that particular person is, and it's someone you looked sure. up to, like you said. Um, but I would have looked at him. Yeah, I would have been like, "You wait like four more whiskeys. I'm about to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna show you arrogance." <laughs> you know, I, I was at a, a presentation, and I got up and I talked about the points of sale. The points of sale. Yeah. 
the more the more important aspect of sailing is the points of sale. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to manage that wind when you're out there in the ocean with your little vessel. You have to know where the wind is coming from. Talk you have to, to know uh, how to deal with the wind because the wind can be your enemy. It could be your best friend. friend. Mm-hmm. And if you know I where know the wind is coming from and you know how to manage it, uh, understanding the points of sail, you can go anywhere, anywhere you want. But if you don't, uh, you might just capsize and that's the end of your story. You never make it uh, to Cleveland. So... <laughs> I got up there. San Diego Bay. I got up there (laughs) and I I presented that uh, the uh, points of sale, and I try to put it in the vernacular, Puntan Lazak, just to keep it down at home, right? Right. Right. So I spent a lot of time uh, finding the right words to to equate to uh, running. Running is going with the wind, you know. Mm. And uh, I said, "What's running?" Well. Pinalagun Manglo, you know, that's running with the wind. So I put that up there and uh, that alone, putting the points of sale in the vernacular is an accomplishment in itself. Mm-hmm. But to understand it and to be able to share that is something that I need to do, my crew needs to do. Mm-hmm. But if we cannot regurgitate, you know, we can all ingest all that information, but if you cannot share it, it's not part of you. So, and you as a dancer, if you can't teach it, I know how to do it, but I can't yeah. articulate it, then nah, yeah. sit aside, yeah. sit aside, Richie. <laughs> let somebody, uh, let Mark up there and dance. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to, to present that in a very intelligent way. One person jumped up and said, started laughing and said, no, we don't use that shit here. And you know what? There's a point where you uh, throw away political, political correctness yep. and tell somebody in the audience, you're stupid or you're stupid. <laughs> That's either you're stupid that, or you're stupid. So. And all those who applaud it, who applaud his his boisterous uh, statement are just as stupid. Just as stupid. And I said, I fear that those who laughed at his remarks are also seafarers. <laughs> and don't get on my ship. I, okay? yeah, I, basically. I fear that. You know what? Because I built it and I know. I felt that then <laughs> that they had the no concept of the points of sale and no respect for it. And you know what? When I shared that that event, that story with someone from uh, who who sells a lot, he told me to just stay away from them. So who's uh, arrogant now, right? Pardon? Now who's arrogant now? The ones, the ones that are telling you that we don't use that shit and just take it yeah. for granted. If I am arrogant because I got up there and I said, "Hey, you're that's stupid," you know, and and, and voiced it. Mm-hmm. It's because I want to save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. But for you them know? to not think that they need what you're talking about is arrogance. That's arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I tell you what, I, I felt sorry for them. Mm-hmm. But I was persistent to uh, to be emphatic about this. This is important. Right. And, you know, sometimes people, when I put down that uh, points of sale and I try to sh- share the uh, understanding of Apparent win and and hit win and true win. It's not easy to to understand that because they're all vectors, you know. People say, "Well, a vector? What's a vector? Is that a car? No, it's it's a gun in Call of Duty. It's uh, speed and direction, you know. Speed and direction is a vector." And I said, "Okay, you got to understand that. You have to uh, you have to have the mathematics to understand it. So I'm trying to simpli- simplify it." By using sticks and everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, tell you what, I'm very visual in learning. So I make little gadgets and little tools. And I teach myself I said, and reinforce what I'm trying to regurgitate mentally. That, aha, this is what I'm learning. And my God, it's, it's coming out the way I, I see it. And it is true. 
now I can regurgitate it and say, hey, Mark, come here. Hey, come here, come, 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 come in and I'll show you. I can now share with you in simplistic format so that you can understand. Because you know what? That's how I understood it. Mm-hmm. If I can understand it in simplistic ways, man, I can, you're going you're gonna to understand it too. And it was easy to, to, um, to display. But sometimes the people who actually see it don't understand it. Uh, they want to tear you down by saying something negative. When I used the same, same uh, tools and I shared it with an experienced sailor, he said, Sometimes you have to put it in this context to see it. But another context is to be out there in the ocean and feel it. You know? Right. And I, but to bring it to the classroom, you need some props. And I developed this prop. And I'm proud that in my simplistic frame of, of mind, I can come up with simplistic tools to understand, to make the, the difficult simple. And if that's arrogance, let me, let me salute. <laughs> let me salute, okay? No, I'm not arrogant. You adjust I'm, my glasses right if, here for if, a quick uh, <laughs> If this audience includes that person who called me arrogant, arrogant then... Um, well, fuck him too. I am arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell him, I'm arrogant. And with all that definition of your arrogance, I am. You know what I like to see you in is a classroom. I, th- I think you would you would benefit. I think a lot of people would benefit from your presentation in a classroom setting. Um, kind of what we were talking about earlier with mm-hmm. the, you know the project. I think with what you have and what you have to teach, I think your frustration is with those who don't want to hear it. But you get a classroom of students who are interested, and you got their attention grab. That's what I'd like. I'd love to see. Well, let me say, uh, me and my wife have said when you were gonna go about two years ago to the 500 sales for the, you know, the second part of it. We said, man, when when San Diego loses Uncle Mario, I don't think they understand what, what they're they losing. Lost. What a treasure they're losing. And you know, I agree 100% with her. And I, <clears throat> and and that you know, Guam's also gaining, or Saipan's gaining gaining a, a huge. Asset, um, not only for the parties with Auntie JoJo, but you know, well, but just the knowledge base, right? Like just the knowledge base that you have, and, and you've shared, and the way you're openly willing to share information. That's just, I think that's the most important part. It well, doesn't, it doesn't happen like that all the time. And the impressive right? part is how you went about gaining it. Like I said, you you found what was once lost, and you brought it back to life. And made it into a living, breathing vessel that sails through the water now. Well, you know, they always say uh, to uh, sometimes it takes a village. Mm-hmm. We we needed a village and more. And you still do. Yes. Um, I I do not deny, and this is never a uh, a single tune approach. Never. It's always a community approach. Uh, we gathered as a group. When we gained more believers and supporters, became a, a village project. So building the canoe, is, uh, I was there to facilitate. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I was there, but I wasn't there to uh, to mastermind everything. I I depended on the resources of each one crew member. We had eight crew members to build the canoe. We had a a musician. We had a gardener. We had a just a retiree who just went from one place to the other. We had a, an apartment manager. We had an IT specialist. We had a mortician. And um, but you know what? Each contributed their expertise. And if we had two um, IT technicians or two singers, we would not have built a canoe. So that quick. being said, man, okay, Woo. we got to get out of here. We want to thank Uncle Mario for. Coming back to the par bar and, and, and really laying down some information with us. With that being said, we're on Island City where the beach meets the streets. We out of here. Escalators. Shoot.